Hello guys, welcome to the very first episode of The Way Podcast. My name is Sajid Merwar, and on this podcast, we kind of just talk about anything, really. That's why I have such a vague and um, non-specific name. I got the idea for the podcast when I read the book, uh, The Book of Five Rings by Miyamoto Musashi, and he talks about the way keeping on your path and all that his way was a way of a samurai but he also talked about to know your own way and to achieve it at the highest level we need to look at other people's um, ways of life like the way of a carpenter to the way of a general of an army and this allows us to have a different perspective on things and really broaden uh, our horizons on that note, today we will be talking about the way of an artist. And as a guest, I have brought on a good friend of mine. He is an aspiring artist. Uh, we've worked together before. We hang out a lot. His name is Charles Sao. And go ahead, introduce yourself. Hey, my name is Charles Sao. And uh, uh, you can find me on Twitter, Alni uh, Saboshi. Uh, yeah, I mainly just do digital art and also sometimes traditional art. Thanks for having me on today. No problem, man. It's always great to, you know, meet up and talk, especially about, you know, something a little bit more serious than other times we've met up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the first question I have here um, is just what is it's kind of a general question what is the way of an artist what do you think what does that mean to you um, being an artist for me being an artist like uh for for one thing like to be an artist to pursue that as like a career um i feel like there has to be some sort of like background that like you have right mm -hmm. um for me just mostly i want to express what i have in my personal like world what's in my heart through like the medium art because uh, art is sort of like the only universal language we really have right i think um anyone from any culture can appreciate art and all art forms are connected yeah i totally agree um art acts almost like it's like the medium for so many different things like you yourself you're a, a visual artist um and you, you, you're not just a visual artist. You actually, you know, you do other forms like literature you, you've been writing. And um, yeah, it's just such a beautiful medium to connect with people and share your emotions rather um, or in a way that can be understood by almost anyone, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, again, they're just like, it goes back to just like, you know, for me, I want to create like a world. I want other people to experience what I kind of have, right? Yeah, talk a um, little bit more about that, actually. Um, yeah. So I mentioned previously, like being an artist kind of relates to how you grew up in a way, how you were raised. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't like the most like extroverted person growing up, and I didn't like make friends the same way that most people did. So in a lot of ways, like I really find found myself like isolated, but through art and through like expressing my characters, like having building a world that people can like indulge in, I started making new friends. Like that's how I met like uh, one of my best friends and how I started making friends in Chinese elementary school back when I was like around eight. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. It's I I can understand that um i guess perspective as someone who was also quite shy when they were younger and mm -hmm. use some sort of thing to help relate with people or like like when i went to i mean when i was younger i wasn't really into you know different art forms as much but mm -hmm. when i was in um uh like i'd say middle school grade seven eight you know i met a lot of my friends through music and mm -hmm. It was just really nice. One of the best feelings is just playing with someone, right? And you connect mm -hmm. on a different level that you can't really describe. It's like it's like um, you're emotionally connected without having to say anything. Yeah. And it's just 
it's just a great experience just especially in high school when i would you know i'd go at lunch and i would just jam out every once in a while with some of my friends in the music program even i met um the other members of our friend group and you through just hanging out and talking about different like media and different forms of art like you know we're both big fans of anime and um, manga and grew up with video music. games yeah. yeah and that's how and, we uh, yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah, go and, ahead. Um, yeah just like the medium art really has the power to connect people like um for example let's just give an example like anime mm-hmm. like there's so many like variation but like through those anime we connect to each other even though like we're really different people right and that's like why i sort of like decide to pursue this path because um i think i feel like you know, like people criticize like overconsumption of media nowadays. Yeah. Media has really held up like the mental health of many youngsters and even older like generations. Right? Yeah, I guess we can move on to and more specifically talking about anime, because mm-hmm. I feel like it's one medium that has it's produced in such a small country of Japan that mm-hmm. is very densely populated, but really has kept to themselves as a country for a long time. And only recently have the, has their media been expanding to other parts of the world, really. Like in the last 20 years, you see how Japan has really skyrocketed to pop. I mean, it's become part of pop culture now. Like, mm-hmm. like I remember when I was younger, people, if you watch anime, you're weird. Like, yeah, you watch it's, anime. Uh... You watch Naruto, what a loser. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, uh, I feel like it's really just the past five years, like, anime has really became mainstream in a way. I mean, it's still not like as mainstream as something like Marvel, but we're getting cl- close to there. Yeah. And I think it's amazing that, you know, like, we're in North America and, you know, I mean, you speak. You speak Japanese and you can write and read and write, but you know, even for me, like you watch and it's a it's a different culture, but we you can still connect to it on a different level. Like there's some things in anime that I cannot feel from other things, you know, mm-hmm. like certain certain things that invoke emotion, things like inspiration from watching an anime. Like especially for me, it's sports animes and even like those slice of life genres that are um those slice of ice shows that show somebody like just in high school, something that we can relate to. We were previously in high school only a few years ago and Mm -hmm. trying to decide their life. Like, what are they going to do with their life? Do they want to pursue their dreams? Do they want to have the easy life or not an easy life, but a safe life. And Mm -hmm. it really is motivating as someone, you know, I, I posted like I released my first song last year and now I'm, you know, slowly releasing more and more music. That's something I always wanted to do, but I never just took the leap. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm going to do it as a career, but it really feeds my you know, creativity and I guess artistry in a way. And it feels mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I feel like for me, like anime is a bit different from other media because just like, it's more raw in terms of like its presentation because uh most things are adapted from like light novels and like you know mangas and they're usually written by like single person so i think that's why like we form a special sort of connection to them like especially when we're like in our younger years like teenage and like even young adult yeah for sure um it's just that that skill it's really a skill um and it's something that i don't think is admired as much as it really like i mean they don't make much money unless you're at the top in in any art form and in any of the fine arts right Mm -hmm. unless you're at the top level you're not making the same amount as any you know um any accountant or whatever i'm not shaming any of these jobs right they're needed Mm -hmm. and it's okay if you have these jobs and and we there's still they still have value but you know they make great money they're important to everyday life but think about music where would the world be without artists 
mm-hmm. think about how many people listen to music all day i i i listen i like even myself as a musician you know i i talk to people and they're like i listen to music like all the time like it's always on just in the background that just gets me comfortable i listen to it when i study I listen to it when i you know work out or whatever it's just something that's always there and it's important to every part of the world right every part of the world has this has art and music is integral to hu- the human experience right mm-hmm. and um guess, yeah yeah uh, i agree with that it says like cultures are just built on art forms like traditional art like fine arts material arts and then like music and stuff like that right yeah like what, what you said right i think accounting and any like economic jobs are really important but like for me the reason why i chose the so-called dumb job the dumb yeah, path of is for in many ways like you don't you never really do art for money like if you have a bad mindset you're not going to make it back or like even like get actual fans mm-hmm. you do it because you want to be fulfilled yourself i think that's what i personally think about like the weight of art you know what yeah for sure like i'm glad honestly i think now is the best time to be an artist i, th- I feel like people are getting more and more it's still difficult it's very difficult to be just an artist you know mm-hmm. it's always something like okay some it's somebody's passion but they do it on the side instead of having their main thing it being their main thing but now there's a lot more programs like for example this podcast it's so easy to start a podcast now Mm-hmm. All you do is you you get get a get a decent mic, you know, you go on a an app like Anchor, the the one that I'm gonna use for that I'm using right now to upload this and host this. It's all for free, and they help mm-hmm. you get sponsorships, and it really helps you to connect with people on a different level. There's a reason the whole media used to be like maybe five six years ago geared towards the very short content under five minutes, even on YouTube, your videos under five minutes, but now then it started getting to 10 minutes, you know, that threshold that they have to reach mm-hmm. to get ads. They want people, they're trying to encourage people to watch longer and for people to make longer videos. And now we've kind of bounced back to the long form content, like the long form interviews used to have on, the, on TV back in the eighties and nineties. And even before that. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and it's really the best, you know, like we could just chat about it's like talking with your your close friends. And even if you don't know people like I can really connect with podcasters because they just you just hear someone's story in a more casual context versus on TV where it's all fake, really. Like you can't mm-hmm. you have to cater towards what the network wants. And, you know, there's still there's still big, but it's kind of dying out the whole Hollywood, um, I guess idea that you have to go there to make it mm-hmm. and you can do it yourself more especially for artists it's it's really good yeah um the way that like media has like the accessibility has blossomed really did help like artists especially like nowadays more and more artists can go like freelance like more and more like people can do podcasts to like really showcase their personalities and what you mentioned about Hollywood and like, like the current state of like Western media, just yeah, it's very stagnant because like it's still very formulaic, and they're just doing the same things. Like mm-hmm. they're not really following the trends of like the new generation, you know? Yeah, and I'm kind of glad that it's become more and more like this, where it's like, I want if I want to listen to a comedian, like I don't want to, I don't always want to watch his set or her set on TV or whatever, right? The edited mm-hmm. down cut on late night television with no bad words and no things that are not politically correct or whatever, right? No jokes mm-hmm. about like um, things that people can't say on TV, right? I want to hear like the real, the real side of it. Mm-hmm. You know, the raw, as you said, like the raw emotion from it. Like a lot of these, one thing I find very interesting about podcasts uh, is that you can hear the backstory of these really funny people. Like you, you'll be dying laughing half the time. And they mm-hmm. tell you their story is so tragic. Like there's so many podcasters. Like for example, this podcaster Bobby Lee, very famous comedian on the, um, in the states and all around the world. 
at this point. He has a podcast called Tiger Belly. Mm-hmm. And um, I always do him for his like hilarious stand up. And I went on there for like what they started listening to podcasts like three, four years ago. And he would talk about, you know, his dad used to beat him like crazy. He had to reconcile with drug addiction, alcohol addiction. He's gone sober, relapsed, all these sorts of things. And he can still mm-hmm. joke about it and talk about it. A lot of people who have these sorts of very difficult parts of their lives are some of the funniest people out there, ironically, right? Because it's the mm-hmm. best way, as they say, laughter is the best medicine. And without this medium, we wouldn't be able to hear that. You know, like mm-hmm. you're not going to hear that on a radio pod, like on a radio show. Yeah, because like, because for radio shows, that's not profitable. Like, yeah, yeah, because everyone wants to be positive on those shows. But like uh, having true raw like stories like that really brings out the humanity that like modern media like it's missing. Mm-hmm. So I think. Podcast is a great like form of just media in general. Like I'm, just, I'm glad that it's come more like mainstream and people can actually access it. Exactly. Like whoever is listening to this podcast right now, I really appreciate. No matter how little, um, how how many people listen to this, how little the amount may be, I'm just glad somebody's listening to this conversation, um, hearing us talk about things we're passionate about. And, um, yeah, I have also another topic I want to talk about more specific to the market in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, um, as you are as an, an aspiring visual artist and you're very interested, you know, in, um, the Japanese media, like anime and, and manga and all that. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about the industry in there in uh, Japan? Could you speak a little bit more on that? Um, I think uh, one thing that like always get criticized uh, about Japanese like industry, like I actually agree with this, but one main thing just like um, the pay really is like very very bad. Yeah, for the work that artists like put in. Um, I think that's like my main like complaint about like the Japanese industry. Just like in general, like artists are not really getting what they deserve compared to the West. However, um, the one, the best thing about Japanese, like, media, just, like, the freedom they usually allow you to, you know, have. Like, uh, for example, if um, if I publish a comic or a manga out in the West that has, like, more darker subjects, like, for example, racial discrimination, genocide, and stuff like that, you're not going to get published. You're not, the publisher is going to shut the door on you immediately, right? Yeah. But in Japan, if you want to tell those stories, if you have like a good conscience or just like want to explain a sort of moral, you can get published. Because yeah. um, a quick call, just like if your manga is interesting, then it will get published. Right. But like out here in the West, it's just like for the longest time, like they only allow like writers to write heroes' journeys. That's pretty screwed up. Right. But yeah. Um, that's just one big thing that really attracted me to the Japanese industry. Yeah. Um, and also I'm very, very fortunate with like my family and how they can actually support me in pursuing the stream. But yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be a hard path. And, um, that basically just defines the Japanese industry. Like in order to get into it, you have to be very, very passionate about what you're doing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it it seems like, you know, it's the same problem that we were talking about. Artists working very hard, not getting paid adequate Mm -hmm. amount. And, you know, I think that's true what you said about the freedom in media, especially maybe not in terms of in the in general, like in movies, they'll be able to talk about this kind of stuff and maybe Mm -hmm. in books. But in that specific media of like graphic novels, comic books, as what we would call them here in north america versus you know we'd call them manga in in japan but um like that medium i'm sure there's lots of gatekeeping because you, you know publishers are just like people in the music industry record you have to make a record deal to get big right to get mm-hmm. out there same thing to to get on tv you got to have a good per you have a good agent a good manager you have to go to the all these big 
um, corporations, you know, I'm not bashing corporations, right? Uh, I, I think it's important, uh, an important part of monitor society, but you know, they still, it's very difficult still, you know, the gatekeep. And sometimes it's not always like objective, right? Sometimes mm. it is very, it is very, especially with art, right? Because art can be anything. It is very mm. subjective based on the person's opinion. And um, like, I wonder if you have any experience with that as a, you know, as an artist, I'm sure there's been people who have criticized what you've done or um, what you plan on doing. Um, well, uh, for me, like, I guess like, at least for me, like my biggest fear is always being myself, but yeah. Uh, um, yeah, uh, a lot of people have criticized the way, like, especially like the way, the path I'm taking, um, since I'm planning to actually go pursue art in Japan, which is not very popular, especially out here. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Um, like I went to art high school and like my teachers have also criticized the way I do art as well. But I feel like <clears throat> uh, criticism is always good for art because um, it leads you to improve yourself. But sometimes, uh, yeah, uh, you do have to, you know, keep your own way. Yeah, there's always so, a know, fine line. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a fine line between constructive and de um, destructive criticism. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's a lot. I try my best as as I'm sure you do, because you can't get anywhere without taking some sort of criticism, right? That's how you mm -hmm. get better at anything. Um, it's important to be able, to, it's hard to recognize, but you should try your best, I think, to recognize whether it's constructive or destructive. If someone's criticizing something that can, like some sort of technical aspect, or, mm. you know, like, for example, oh, if it was for one of my pieces, they'd say, Oh, you know, like I see, I, I kind of don't hear the drum section, the percussion in this as much. I feel like it'd be better if it was louder. Just, that's just how I feel. Like that's yeah, some those... form of, yeah. Mm. it's a form of constructive so... criticism, right? Mm. Versus someone saying, um, you know, I just don't like this. Like, I don't just feel anything, you know, like uh, I, it's, it's just not my thing. I don't, I think your song is bad, you know? And if they don't provide mm -hmm. any reasoning, you know, that's the easy way to tell that it's sometimes that people are just being really honest. Sometimes people are just being mean and bitter, you know, but you just got to um, deal with it. Right. Um, I don't like you very much. So I hate your song, too. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I hate uh, I listen. I like Drake better than your song. You don't have lyrics <laughs> in your music, so I don't like you. <clears throat> Um, yeah, that's that's actually one thing like I encounter, especially in our schools down here. Just like, because um, they usually have a perception of like, hey, if you're a style leans towards like Eastern like our style, so like you're formulaic, you're uncreative. They all look the same. Their stories suck. But like, we all know that's not very true, especially nowadays. <laughs> right. But yeah, it's always good to find what like constructive criticism is and what's not constructive criticism and yeah, yeah um and i feel like even though like we all have our own egos like sometimes of we course. can be very sensitive especially artists yeah um but like so, but listening to criticism is always good i feel yeah i mean and especially in the industry um you know i'm not involved as involved in it as you are in um you know, like you're actually going into it. I'm just doing, you know, music on the side uh, as a passion of mine. But, mm -hmm. you know, that's when you really face it. I heard stories of people, you know, my, my uncle, um, he's a real estate agent, but he also does acting on the side, you know, and it's so yeah. difficult. Like, he's like, now he's getting jobs, right? Just because, you mm -hmm. know, they need more representation, cultural representation and media because it's popular now. Right. And you could that's a whole other topic in itself, talking about the representation in media and whether it's a good or a bad thing. Ultimately it'll be a good thing at the end of the day, but the you know, the reasoning why it's being done is a little Yeah. Iffy. The reason why just like commercial, right? Yeah. It's... I mean that that's what it's it's that's the way it's gonna be, right? As long as if mm. it affects their pocketbooks, they're gonna they're gonna do something about it. And at least it's doing something, right? Right. But it should, I think it sh we shouldn't lose that, 
meritocracy over pure mm. diversity, right? Like we should always try to choose the best candidate, but if if it if it comes down to just a matter of you know, oh, we're just choosing this guy because he's Chinese and we're going to put him in here because we need another Chinese person, not because he's actually good. Oh, and he's also Chinese because that brings a different perspective. You know, we don't want somebody yeah. to just come on just because of their race or their ethnicity. And that almost devalues them, in my opinion. You know, mm, I agree. It's got to be a mix of both. Like, for example, it's more offensive to like put a Chinese person in a movie about a French Revolution. Than not having a Chinese person, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's like, yeah. Why are they there? <laughs> yeah, it has to make sense, you know. Like, mm. I mean, it's like every Disney movie now. I see there's like one of every ethnicity in every single movie, which is which is good, you know. But it's kind of it's just funny, you know. It's kind of yeah. it's very ironic that Disney does that. If you look at some what they've done with Mulan, mm. yeah, that, that that was a dumpster fire of a movie. But we're not talking about movies today. <laughs> yeah just um it's strange like um i'm personally i actually i'm centralist but i also link the words to liberal ideals mm -hmm. but the liberalization of media isn't great in my opinion yeah because um even though like like let's say the right the conservative right some of their like beliefs are really really fucked up yeah. Um, especially like since I'm a colored person, um, yeah. but the restriction on media, I feel is more fucked up because you're basically infringing the right of freedom of speech. Yeah. And as long, you know, it's very, the problem is nowadays, you know, corporations can choose to do whatever they want, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's their space. But I feel like, you know, these things like Facebook, YouTube, um, Google in general, you know, they're catering to one audience, you know, people who are far to one side or far to the other side, you know, mm -hmm. and they're just feeding that fire because it gets people staying on their platform and all that. And it, it's good for their, they can make more money that way. And they'll silence, yeah. you know, certain people. Honestly, now it's even begun off of that. Like people are going away from these huge platforms like YouTube and they're creating things like Patreon and all these subscriptions where it allows a lot for, for a lot more freedom where there's already a wall like if you don't want to hear these things you don't watch it you know mm -hmm. and you know it's a it's a fine line it's very difficult to you can't just say oh it's one way it's oh it's this way but we should at least be able to have a discussion about it and let somebody make a mistake and us correct it you know if you really want someone to mm. um i guess change you know yeah, because um, I feel like, especially in a modern world, we should uh, we should pride ourselves in individuality instead of like cutting out individuality. Yeah. But yeah, it's a it's a very like it's a very you know hard line to really define, but yeah, <laughs> it'll take some time. Yeah, and. Um... Yeah, uh, why don't we start, uh, why don't we move on to a different topic here? Let's talk about, um, I, I guess I could start talking about maybe my perspective um, on mm -hmm. these sorts of things, like for a little information on music, um, and since you talked about the, um, the industry in Japan, the music industry now as is in a very interesting phase, right? Because mm. streaming platforms are have been the most used um, to listen to people's music, like Spotify, Apple Music, all these sorts of things. Um, and that's only happened in like the last maybe what ten years max, probably five, right? Mm. And before people were, you know, they go on sites, they go on iTunes. And they try to like find some way to download music for free and all these sorts of things, right? Mm -hmm. And before that, you had to buy expensive CDs, and then before that, you had to buy expensive records, and you know it's really changed um, the the ability for access, you know. 
Yeah. In one way, it's great. It's it's like your customer, for example, if you look at it in a business sense, your customer can access your um, your art or your product essentially from anywhere in the world mm-hmm. at any time, and and they they can um, listen to it as many times as they want. But on the other side, there's the problem of how much they pay the streams per streams, right? Mm-hmm. And it's very low. Like Spotify pays about half a cent, I think, maybe even less um, mm-hmm. per stream. And you know, most people don't make mo- their money off streaming. Even the biggest artists in the world, like you know Anderson Pack, um, like Kendrick Lamar, all these huge names, they don't make their money off streams really. Like they'll get millions and millions of streams, but it's not the way they're making their millions. They're making their millions from touring doing live um, gigs and all that sort of stuff. That's endorsements. Really, yeah, yeah, endorsements. And mm-hmm. that's how they're really making their money. And really, Spotify, it's great that they allow, like, we can just distribute to any platform we want now with, like, so many different, like, DistroKid, Tune, um, TuneCore, CD Baby, mm-hmm. so many of these things you can just go online, pay $10 a year or whatever the plan is, separate, different kind of plans. And you can release your music anywhere in the world Mm -hmm. on any platform. But there's always give and take, right? Whenever you do things, is it going to lead to, it'll lead to more people having it, but you'll make less money per purchase, right? So then you Mm -hmm. need to get more and more people to consume the product. Um, It's like argument of producing a cheap product and selling a lot or producing a, an expensive product and selling just a little bit, mm-hmm. right? Not saying the product itself, like the music is getting worse. Of course, it's it's still it's still amazing. Music is great. But it's kind of that concept of how we're going to go about reaching our um, Audiences, consumer. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Um... Yeah, we're still like, I just feel like we're still like in the weird situation with just like visual art and like digital music, right? Yeah. Because we saw just in the past decade, we saw a surge like, you know, SoundCloud rappers. Yeah. <laughs> depending, uh, <laughs> like digital artists. And like, you know, like a lot of them became super, super successful. Like a lot of us right now are still wondering like, how are we supposed to like make money off our like, Digital art, right? Yeah. And like, um, there's a new concept I was interested in just like recently, the NFTs, right? Yeah. Um, I personally, I don't really believe in the NFTs, but I feel like it is an interesting concept of like, how can we like sort of like make money, like how like traditional artists used to as individual freelance artists. Yeah, it's very, it's very interesting. And one thing I would, you know, recommend to, I mean, I'm very, you know, very new to this game. Like we both are really like we're mm-hmm. just getting started into it. We're both young, but mm-hmm. you know, one thing I would always say as, as someone who is in business and studying business right now, um, I would say always have some sort of take a, not just a, an artistic approach. You have to have some sort of business minded approach. And that doesn't mean um, it doesn't mean taking like a corporate approach where you have to like in air quotes, obviously, right? You don't have to dumb it down or try to commercialize it to just limit your art. Um, you have to take an approach of, you know, I am selling myself really. Mm-hmm. I'm selling my work, which is me. It comes directly from me or whoever's collaborating on one project to the consumer. There's no middleman. Um, there's nobody cares about the publisher really. Um, mm-hmm. they care about the artist's name on this piece of art, this book, this manga, this anime, this song, right? So, mm-hmm. so always remember to represent yourself as a, you're almost like a brand yourself. You are your mm-hmm. own business. Every single person, every single artist is their own business. Um, you're always self-employed, right? Even gigging musicians, they have to look and uh, look for things themselves, right? Or they have a manager that helps find them or an agent that helps find them gigs as an actor 
uh, would. So you should, I, I would say you should always look to take that approach because that's the way other businesses are getting successful and why can't an artist use it to their advantage as well? And we see that so many artists getting big off social media, being discovered. Think about Justin Bieber was discovered on YouTube. YouTube. Yeah. <clears throat> and I mean, it's a one in a million chance, but sometimes you don't need to be that one in a million. You can be that, you don't have to be the millionaire quadrillionaire that's making um doing a thousand shows a year you can now you have enough to be comfortable and um if you really work hard it will happen at some point you'll gain some level maybe not the same level that you're looking to achieve um but you will achieve some level of success right if i make mm. music every day i promote it every day somebody's going to listen to it eventually right right and if for, like for you, you go out, you promote your, let's just say, um, your manga, right? You promote mm. it, you go to publishers, eventually somebody will pick it up. Yeah. It's important. You should take a realistic approach, but never a pessimistic, you know? It's okay to be, you should be optimistic about your future if you're working hard, but also be able to look outside of the artistic um, view and look at a more general um i guess business-minded view where you can look at things from an outside perspective and apply it more to the real world right because art does prepare mm. you always for the industry like if you go to art school they're not just going to teach you about art they have to teach you about the industry because that's important to all of it yeah and uh especially for like modern art right we have sort of moved away from fine arts where in order to like be successful in this age you have to be able to market yourself you have to make you have to make commercial art mm -hmm. like um a lot of like like old artists like actually hate the concept of commercial art they call it low art but like in this you know age you have to like market yourself in some way yeah and then it doesn't always have to be bad you know like mm -hmm. like it's all to achieve a goal right sometimes it's like a means to an end but it doesn't always have to be bad. You know, it, it's, all, it's only bad if you think of it that way. Yeah. You know, and um, that's a problem. There's two, really, for artists, there's two main extremes. There's one person who wants to elevate and pursue only the art, right? Who wants mm -hmm. to push a genre, for example, in music, you push a genre of music, uh, music like, um, I don't know, I don't know, Herbie Hancock, right? One of the best <laughs> jazz artists of all time pushing the genre farther and farther for decades and decades he's still alive he's pushing it today right um mm -hmm. but he's not he's not uh, making millions and millions of dollars you know he's a legend amongst musicians and amongst a lot of people who enjoy music um but he's not making that same line but he loves what he's doing right yeah he's not jay-z yeah he, i mean jay-z is a perfect representation of artistic um integrity almost and mm -hmm. business-minded approach you know self-made rapper billionaire right came from nothing is now one of the as now a billionaire you know and it's just something you can aspire to you don't you might not reach that level but mm -hmm. you just want to reach a level where you're comfortable and you're happy with what you have right yeah and um, like, for example, you can say like, hey, Kanye is pretty, uh, <laughs> let's just say he's pretty batshit crazy, right? Yeah, he's pretty. But nice. like, he's a really good businessman. Yeah. But I course. think that just like the main difference between like modern artists and like, um, like the ones in the past. Because <clears throat> growing up, right, we hear of like the tragic story of Van Gogh yeah. and like stuff like that. But like in this modern age, I don't think that's even really possible anymore, right? I mean, you can do it, but you'll be living on, you won't be making money, you know? Yeah, like, exactly. I mean, you have to find a way to monetize. Like before people could just, I mean, Van Gogh could do that because he was Van Gogh and it was, you know, hundreds of years ago in the Renaissance era or whatever, right? And- um, Even even then, right? Uh, the world is still like, even though, like, we say, like, we want to spread the language of, like, the heart. Like, that's why I feel, like, art is. Mm -hmm. But still, the world operates on money. 
um, even for Van Gogh, his passion was supported by his brother, which was a who was a businessman yep. at the time. So yeah, just like even though like what I said earlier, like you cannot make it big in art if you just wanted money, but money is still a very integral part of like art, especially nowadays. Yeah, and any art form, like it's it's so important to be that. Um... Because then that allows what that does, it allows you to reach different forms and different mm. areas that you couldn't really reach, you know, well, you could, but it'd be a lot. It's a lot easier if people know mm. who you are. It does open up opportunities, right? Yeah. If I'm marketing myself online, you know, promoting my um, post, my new single, my new album, my new piece of work, my new chapter mm. of my novel, like if I work hard and I'm pushing all that it um it just it's it's just good in the in the long run right mm -hmm. and you have to have some sort of balance of both right everything mm -hmm. in life is about balance right yin and yang and whatever mm -hmm. it's 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 so important yeah because um even if you like somehow you spend like 60 years uh creating the best piece of art ever yeah. if no one knows about it it's pointless yeah, I mean, it depends what your goal is, but really mm -hmm. it's like to most people, like if you, nobody knows what it is and you struggled your whole, I mean, some people just do it for themselves, right? Like right. they just want to create something for themselves. But like, honestly, for me, I don't want to mm -hmm. like be famous. Like that's not my goal doing music. Mm -hmm. I just want to create music. And if I can make money off some of it, that's great. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing. And I mean, for you, maybe, maybe you have a different perspective on it, but, um, like, what do you aspire to as an artist, um, as specifically in your field? Um, do you want to be on that level of these amazing illustrators and uh, storytellers? Um, for me, like, I wouldn't say that, uh, like, for example, like, I don't think I have the, as much talent as those amazing illustrators. But for me, my goal is just to sort of, like, form connections with others and, like, really help people, like, walk out their, like, depressive states, right? Because that's what anime did for me, and that's why I'm really pursuing it. Yeah. In a way, like, I'm pursuing the magic of it instead of, like, oh, I want to be famous. Like, yeah. Being famous is great, uh, but like that should never be the end goal or like just the goal of ours, I feel. Yeah, and it's it's just a slippery slope, you know, because mm -hmm. so few people like you can be successful depending on what your your idea of success is. Mm -hmm. But, you know, being famous is on a, is a different level. Like mm -hmm. it's just the chances of it happening are low. I mean, this is what everyone tells artists, like, oh, you won't make it and all that. But making it is different for everyone, right? Do you want to be a Johnny Depp? Do you want to be, like, what, like, um, open up a studio that produces the biggest anime in the world, right? Like, mm -hmm. do you want to be Studio Ghibli? Um, like, yeah, I mean, no one... Yeah, not everyone's going to be a Hideaki Anno. No, yeah, not everyone's exactly. going to make Evangelion. Yeah. But, like... Um, it really just depends on like what your goal is, because uh, in my opinion, like um, the end of someone's like life is also supposed to be the purest, the purest desire of that person. But like everyone's definition of that is different, so like you just have to find it. But for me, like I don't really care about like. Uh, I mean, it'll be again. It'll be nice to be famous. It'll be nice to have money. But like, you should never do the do art for that. Yeah, because it's just it's honestly it'll be a disappointment when you don't achieve it, right? Mm -hmm. Honestly, don't be. I don't want to be that person that says set your expectations low, but you have to also be realistic in some sense, right? Mm -hmm. You, as an artist, you have to be more optimistic than most people. Because if you're think about it, if you're a doctor, uh, if you're starting to become a doctor, you go to school for ten years. There's a high likelihood if you get good marks and you study hard, you're there's a high likelihood that you you'll get a residency based on you know the market, right?
and you'll eventually you'll become a doctor that practices in whatever specific field. Same thing with a lawyer. As long as if you work hard, you'll you'll achieve, right? That's why people mm -hmm. choose those. That's why a lot of people choose those occupations because it's safe. Not necessarily that they're happy, you know. Like my dad, yeah. I he's definitely happy. He's always wanted to be a lawyer as a kid, and mm -hmm. um, you know he achieved his dream. But he doesn't just, you know, he doesn't just do that. As a, business runs in our family, like my grandfather, he owns a gas station, and uh, well, he owns two gas stations, and he's always been in that business for a long time, and. That's just been in our family. Even my mom's side of the family, they've always been in business as immigrants. You know, that's a lot of people look to that as um, a way to make money without having to rely on anyone else except yourself and your family. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my dad, he does a few other things as well. And it's like, it helps feed his passion too, you know? Like, he, he has a different definition. He's not, he may not be on the same wavelength as me but he has his own passions right mm -hmm. and he does and that's his happiness like he's happy he has his family us right his mm -hmm. brothers his sister and that's what it's really about like he's a, he always right. tells me i'm glad my family always taught me this even though i grew up having a great life um and you know i lived in x i wouldn't say i lived in excess but i lived with more than enough that to survive mm -hmm. right lived in a yeah. nice house always had food on the table um, always that close my back, but my parents, I'm luckily, they never taught me to be, um, I guess to take those for granted because they didn't have that growing up. And mm -hmm. I always want to channel that mindset, you know, because those, you always see those people that are the most successful are the ones who started with nothing. And sometimes it's almost like you have sometimes maybe thinking you have something, right. You always have something to go back on is almost like a crutch to lean on mm -hmm. that's preventing you from running towards your dream right to be successful mm -hmm. so on i feel like you have to do other things like you know we're lucky both of us we're lucky enough to have support um and from our parents uh, like a lot of people didn't really have don't don't have that mm -hmm. but um yeah i feel that you know we need to push ourselves and try to get get ourselves in a humble state right artists get humbled a lot <laughs> or they are actually you know what some get humbled and some mm -hmm. feed to their own ego that's why i think it's important to have discipline in some sense where you you're always checking yourself right yeah because instead of life checking us like oh you got to pay bills so you can't do this you can't be lazy here because you have you don't have any money you're, you're gonna have you know, this one thing every single day because the cheapest is all we can afford. We have to do it in other ways, you know, like, okay, I'm going to wake up every day and I'm going to, uh, I'm going to work on this project. Like I'm going to mm -hmm. force, no matter what, no matter if I feel like, I mean, art is a little different than working on other things, but still getting in that mindset, even for me, like when it comes to creating art, I find that instead of having it spur on me, you know, like in the spur of the moment, just comes to me um i think putting myself in a state where like i'm here i'm this i'm gonna think of doing it like i'm gonna f this is my time to focus on my art creating music mm -hmm. i find i do a lot better and more consistent at creating things i actually enjoy versus versus just trying to like oh wait for it to come to me sometimes it'll happen but also mm -hmm. having that time um where you know you're going to be working on it and uh, working mm -hmm. on your craft is also good, I find. It creates discipline and helps you get to, um, I guess, at least for me, a more creative state. I don't know about for you. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, certainly. So, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. um, and uh, actually, um, going off like, uh, Going off of like uh, earlier, we talked about fame, right? So, and like setting like somewhat low expectations when you're starting out. Um, I actually uh, struggled with that for the longest time as well, uh, especially even like now recently, right? Because mm -hmm. um, I like friends that are very, very successful, like on social media, especially. Like, um, for example, like within like two ish years, they already have around like. 
1200 uh no 12,000 uh followers on twitter yeah for their art like um so, and like for me like when i do something that i spend a lot of time on i only really get returns of like if i'm lucky 50 likes right yeah and uh sometimes it's pretty hard uh that just uh just one thing that comes with it i guess um like uh, i think i'm very ashamed to admit this but like it is a part of like uh what happened to me at least i do get jealous a lot um especially when you see like your friends like your peers like succeed so much and you're being stuck in one place have you experienced things like that well yeah you're relatively like, new to yeah i feel like we all as as anyone we all have you know times where we feel jealous and mm -hmm. you know because we work sometimes we feel like we work so hard and we don't achieve what we want mm -hmm. but i feel like the more constructive trying our best to be constructive with that um instead of like being happy for someone else mm -hmm. is in the end at the end of the day is good for yourself right yeah um like for example you know there's people like i've met at my school who are successful in music like in the term in the sense that they get lots of views on their music lots of streams and uh, i'm happy for them you know like i haven't known them that long um but i'm glad that they're doing well and i feel like you know at first i was i felt that way you know like man i wish i could get to that level i wish i was at this point i wish i had what they had right mm -hmm. but that mentality is so draining like to think like that all the time mm -hmm. and I mean, the best thing is just what I like to do. Honestly, I just ask um, what they do. Mm -hmm. And I try to, you know, gain some knowledge from them and see, not trying to like, oh, let me see what they do. Let me, let me just copy it. And uh, then I'll become successful. And then, uh, then I can rule the world. Right. And then I'll, I finally be able to be better than them. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it becomes that, but. I want to go there and learn like if, if you really want like that's the best way is looking at people who've already um become successful and whatever type of success that is in the mm -hmm. in a field that you want to be in going there and asking them is one of the best things you can do because you know knowledge is power and it it allows you to push yourself forward through something like if you know like okay this person it might not work for you but you know I find it makes me feel better if I, you know, go ask them, okay, so what did you do to do this? Sometimes you got lucky, right? Even they, a lot of people admit that too. You know, sometimes they got a re, like for example, maybe your friend, somebody got reposted. I'm not saying their art is um, like mm. not up to par or whatever, but they, somebody reposted the art on a big page and then they started reposting it, retweeting it. And then that's where it, it happened, right? Mm -hmm. And I honestly believe that if you work, working hard creates those, it increases the likelihood of those chances, you know, mm -hmm. no one who doesn't like work hard on something. Um, like there's no way that they're not going to achieve some level of increased success. It's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Like it's, I may not be guaranteed at that same level. Right. But right. if I work hard, the more opportunities I'll get, the more chances I will get. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and it, you look at your, like your artist friend, you see his success or her success that, you know, they've reached this level. You know, one thing I would just suggest is try your best. This is best, even just for your mental health, right? Just try your best to be happy for them, you know, mm -hmm. be, be happy for them and try to figure out some way or try to ask them maybe for some advice or anything like try to almost humble yourself and go to someone for, yeah. for help you know and uh one thing you mentioned earlier about like just copying like someone so like you can be successful i think yeah that's a very very flawed concept um because like especially for art right i think the main thing that makes your art unique is your individuality so that's one thing i learned never lose it that's like Instead of like, if you copy someone else, that's not a one-way street to success. That's a one-way street to eventual failure. Exactly. Like, what artist have you seen event that has gained success from 
copying somebody else's work or I mean, there's always inspiration, right? There's no such thing. I guess they always say there's no such thing as an original idea, but mm-hmm. um, like in in a way, when I was saying to go to them and ask them what they're doing, um, it's I, I, I would agree that it's, you know, it's it's very important to keep your individuality, but mm-hmm. ask for advice on things that where you're not invested, you know, like, mm-hmm. for example, maybe that person is more regular with their posting or mm-hmm. there's something about them that is making them being seen more. And just in that, I guess, sort of business mindset of seeing what is your comp, like they're not your competition, but what are other people in your industry doing in the same spaces you're doing and why are they becoming successful? Right? Because right. you know, your arts as an artist, you know, when something you produce is good, right? Mm-hmm. Because so many times like this is garbage, like this feels horrible. Like it doesn't, it just doesn't feel right. You know when your mm-hmm. product is good. Yeah. And then the in-between getting the product to the to your consumer, to your audience, is the hard part. As it, it's, not, mm-hmm. it's, not, it's not the only hard part. Making the making the art is difficult as well. But it's one of the it's the next hard part basically. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Yeah. Well yeah. Um just going back to like individuality thing, just like, again, for me, I feel like if you're, uh, you know, like we have a very famous artist here in Toronto called Sakimi Chen, right? Mm-hmm. She has so many clones that basically copy her art style. But like, in the end, like if you're, if you copy her art style and you're forever known as like a Sakimi Chen clone, you're not going to feel fulfillment. Exactly. It's it's short term. Everyone thinks about the short term, right? Um, mm-hmm. And and in the long term, you're gonna see that if, that you're and you're not gonna be proud of it. You know, you mm-hmm. may gain success because oh look, this is very similar to what I see, but people don't like that. You know, inspiration versus you know um, straight out copying is really like a problem. Like in the music industry, it's been you hear about like somebody was sued for um oh you played this chord in this order right like or dark horse and this other like dubstep song or whatever it was like mm-hmm. that katie perry song got sued they, and they got sued and they won that guy who sued katie perry won the case for that melody it was like it, it was very interesting in terms of like a legal aspect where where is a fine line but the problem is there's only a finite amount of notes right Mm -hmm. there's only a finite amount of sounds you can make so you cannot claim ownership of an order of them right if Mm -hmm. i because if you did that then if somebody claim ownership of the four chords that are played in every pop song then one person would own every single song on the radio you know Mm -hmm. and um the difference is getting inspiration from people you know like for me when I want to, when I'm in a like a rut with creating music, I try to listen, you know, to as much music as possible. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to make it a more. I, I actually got out of listening to. I usually listen to a lot of music at nighttime, um, and really, really dive deep into it. Just trying to listen to every small, especially now as I'm producing versus just composing. Um, mm-hmm. I I really try to listen to the intricacies of how it's being done, not just how it how it sounds. But like all the small mm-hmm. details. Of, oh, when does uh, when do the hi hats go louder here? Do they say are they on the right side of the ear, the left side of the ear? Um, where's the percussion? The rest of percussion. Where's the piano? Where's the vocals? And I use those like things to inspire me to create new ideas, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the most the most beautiful thing, the um, uh, most beautiful thing about art is seeing someone else's work and developed and somebody taking their own spin on it you know Mm -hmm. not as a remix but just some sort of inspiration i find that as an artist somebody you see somebody do that to your art i find that it's just it's just one of the best feelings very flattering like they they were so inspired from what you produced that Mm. they created something that was their own from an idea that they got from your art you know yeah because uh plagiarism is the best sort of flattery in a way right yeah <laughs> and so, in a way yeah for sure in a way um you wouldn't call yeah. something that's bad <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Well, yeah, um, uh, I think my one of my favorite art teachers said once, like, art is also about stealing. You steal from what's good and make it yours. Exactly. You know, like, that's just a plain way to put it. You know, like, even <laughs> I was talking about, you know, look at other people in the industry. You're essentially doing the same thing. You admire them because they've become successful and they are doing a similar thing to you. And you try to mm-hmm. emulate what they're doing to maybe achieve a, a more success or a different goal that you're um, looking to achieve based with the, with the same methods, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's actually all the time we have right now. We've mm-hmm. hit about just over an hour. So, uh, yeah. Um, thank you for listening to the podcast, whoever is listening. Um, the Way Podcast uh, will be releasing every Sunday, um, unless stated otherwise. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at the dot way podcast, um, and check out our website. On there, I'll be writing. Um, if if you're listening to this, um, there already be an introduction of our guests that have come on, and mm-hmm. um, you can see more updates on where you can listen to the podcast, where you can where else you can follow us on there. And um, yeah, Charles, you can plug anything else you want. Yeah, so um, I'm actually in a art block right now. So I, if you want to check out my previous art, check out me. Uh, check out what I have on Isabelshi on both Instagram and uh, Twitter. But yeah, that's it. Thanks for me on, uh, Sojin. It's been an honor. No problem, man. And thank you for everyone who's listening. See you guys next week.